when you find the divine order and everything, you discover that bad things aren't so terrible and good things aren't so terrific. Mm. And therefore, you can be quietly grateful for whatever occurs in life. Welcome to the Chai Chat Podcast, solutions for empowered living, engaging, educating, empowering. Each week, your host, Tarun Puri, author of Finding the Guru Within, and Steve Harvey, mindset mentor to A-list celebrities and stars, bring a combined expertise of over six decades in mentoring, coaching, and inspiring positive solutions to the negatives which keep us stuck and unhappy. With a focus on solutions versus problems, in each episode, they discuss topics relevant to the human condition, which challenge us from moving forward into positive growth and ultimate freedom. Through stream-of-consciousness unscripted dialogue and inquiry, they provide practical, deep, and actionable insights to support you in creating and living a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Join us each week and learn how to access your own inner GPS, your guru positioning system, which comes preset with all the solutions you need for empowered living. Living a life of ease versus effort is only a thought away. Let us show you what works and what doesn't. Hello, I am Tarun Puri. And I'm Steve Harvey. And we're welcoming you to uh, our, our episode today uh, for Chai Chat. And today we are going to be looking at the topic of loving what is the power of acceptance. Yeah, well, I think is... it's a, a great topic for conversation, Tarun. Uh, especially, you know, what's going on in the world right now or for the past uh, almost two years. Uh, there seems to be a lot of resistance to what's going on. And uh, I think uh, today we're going to be discussing some wonderful approaches, uh, tools of empowerment, if you like, to give us uh, a way through uh, this uh, these crazy times, if you like, Um and to be able to get to a place of loving it, no matter what's going on, and to truly accept it, uh, because what it is is complete, whole, and perfect until we come along with our story. See, when I hear you say that, Steve, just if I was the uninitiated, which many times I feel like I am, that sounds so out there. It sounds like a very nice, feel-good, you know, idea. And and so I think it's going to be interesting for us to explore, is it really that or is it as practically effective, you know, in a world, in this world, in the world that we're living in right now? Because, you know, I love philosophy, I love metaphysics, uh, I love to explore ideas, but I'm also equally dedicated to uh, practical application. I really, it's important to me that um, when there's something that I learn about as a possibility, that I apply it. And it's through the application and testing on the front lines, if you will, that I can I can see what works and what doesn't. And of course, I'm, I mean, I'm just being a little bit of an advocate here because I've, I've played a lot with loving what is, and I've, I've a, a, a done a lot of practicing uh, the, the acceptance um, uh, piece in my life. And and had amazing results. So I and I know you've done a tremendous amount of work and research, and and you had your own personal journey um, in um, uh, learning about the whole idea of loving what is and how empowering it, it can be. So I'd I'd love you to run with it for a bit. I, I'm 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 all ears today. I know it's it's a bit shocking, but I'm all ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know I think one of the major reasons why people have trouble accepting and loving what is is because they haven't quite found the divine order in everything. Uh, and I think when you find the divine order in everything, you discover that bad things aren't so terrible and good things aren't so terrific. Mm. And therefore, you can be quietly grateful for whatever occurs in life. You know, I think um, part of the problem is we're looking for um, one-sided events in a two-sided universe. Uh, and I think that's the root cause of a lot of people's suffering. Um, you know, and so when you we come from loving what is, I think contrary to popular be- belief, trying to let go of painful thoughts never works. 
But when you really? investigate the thoughts, they let go of you. You know, and it really, it takes is, all it takes is an open mind, um, a mind willing to question the stressful thoughts that arise within. And the best method that I've come across uh, to do that is a method of self-inquiry called the work. Okay. And, you know, it's um, it really gives us a great tool uh, to question those stressful thoughts that cause anger, sadness, frustration in the world. And when we question them, uh, as I say, the thoughts start to lose their power over us. Uh, and we can actually get to the point where we look forward to uh, the triggers, the, the petty tyrants showing up in our life, okay. so to speak. Because if we discover that we've got a charge around something that someone says or does or fail to say or do, um, if we still have a charge around that, then that tells me that I still have some work to do. You know, and when I do my work, uh, which is really a process of asking four questions and a turnaround, so simple, it's fast. Um, when I realize, when I could truthfully and authentically say, I look forward to people not returning my phone call, for example. Okay. Then I know that I'm truly at peace with people not returning my phone call. Um, but, you know, the thing is, and we've spoken about this the other day as well, uh, uh, you know, um, we tend to leave our business and we go into other people's business. Um, but it's really none of our business what someone does when they, if, if they return a phone call or not. You know, and uh, something I thought was really funny when I read it, I don't know where I read it, but I, I read it some time ago, and it was How to Mind Your Own Business. Okay. And the, the writer says, you know, how I learned to mind my own business. I was walking past the mental hospital the other day. All right. And all the patients, all the patients were shouting, 13, 13, 13. The fence was too high to see over, but I saw a little gap in the planks. So I looked through to see what was going on. Yeah. Some idiot poked me in the eye with a stick and they all started shouting, 14, 14, 14. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent story. So some idiot, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, some idiot. So again, it's really, it goes back to what we were discussing in the earlier episode was about, you know, whose business is it what someone else does? You know, whose business are we in that causes our pain and suffering when we think we know what someone else should and shouldn't do? Um, we leave ourselves and we go into their business. And so then the universe gives us pain to bring us back to our business. And when we're back in our business, we're able to really do the work and question those stressful thoughts uh, to see if they're even true. You know, just because we believe something doesn't necessarily make it true. And those thoughts, uh, even though they may be arguing with reality, we still believe it. You know, we may see someone in front of us driving while they're on their cell phone. And, uh, you know, they're swerving all over the road and they're driving slow and they're speeding up and they're slowing down. And, and we're in a rush to get to an appointment and we're starting to lose it. And we're running the story they shouldn't be talking on the cell phone while they're driving. Mm -hmm. But that's not true. So we ask the four questions, is it true? And usually the first answer is yes. Yes, of course. But I mean, yeah, but can we absolutely know without a doubt that when someone should and shouldn't be on their phone? You know, for all we know, it, it could be a you know, brain surgeon talking an intern through a surgical procedure to save someone's life. And he's en route to the surgical suite himself. But can we absolutely know without a doubt that he shouldn't be on the phone? But we don't have all the information, and so we jump into judgment. Mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. when we do the work, we, you know, we say, can we absolutely know without a doubt? And the answer is no. So then the next question becomes, so how does it make me feel when I believe the thought they shouldn't be on the phone when they're driving? How do I react? Well, I've got road rage. <laughs> That's right. You see? That's right. And so the next question was, well, who would you be without the thought? 
that they shouldn't be on the phone. I'd be minding my own business. I'd be peaceful. See, and so can you give me one reason that's not stressing you out to believe the thought they shouldn't be on their phone? No, because when I believe that, I get stressed. So can we drop the thought? And I'm not asking to drop it. Can we drop the thought and turn it around 180 degrees and find where the exact opposite is true or truer, so to speak? They should be on the phone while driving. How do you know? Because they are. Now, turn it around again. I shouldn't be on the phone when I'm driving. Yes. And turn it around once more. I shouldn't be on their phone driving their car. Now, that's huge. That's huge. I mean, where is yeah. my atten- where am I? What you're saying is, where am I right now? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. And so you've said a whole string of very, very profound and powerful things. Uh, the first thing that you were talking about there, about minding our own business we're drowning in everybody else's business mm-hmm. i mean i i can't remember a day when i've not been in somebody's business to be honest yeah from the minute we open our eyes and to the minute we close them and sometimes even through the night right even in our dreams yeah. uh it, it's it's almost seems like it's part of my human condition to be in someone else's business. And I will go to huge lengths to defend why your business is my business. Right? If you're my employee, if you're my child, oh my gosh, then by right, by absolute right, your business is my business. Okay? And, 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 And if you're my partner and if you're, you know, my friend and, and if you're my neighbor, I mean, um, I, I have experienced humanity using just everything that they can come up with to defend why um, it's normal, is the word I want to use, to be in someone's business, okay, mm-hmm. uh, rather than loving what is. And, and yet people don't connect the pain, the struggle, the strife, the conflict, the turbulence, the, the the all of that um, uh, as being related to their being in the business of others. That's yeah. kind of how I'm hearing this now. Yeah, and I've seen this work. I mean, this work fell into my lap uh, in the summer of 2001. Okay, and uh, I was very fortunate that I got to work with a lot of people uh, immediately after 9/11. Right, and okay. uh, a lot of yes. a lot of New Yorkers in particular. Um, and I remember, you know, working with one gentleman who had lost a number of employees and close friends, business partners, and associates. And uh, we did the work uh, around nine eleven. Okay, and it was it was incredible because by the time we finished, he discovered that the real terrorist attack was his thinking that argued with reality. Oh my gosh, you got to stop there. Do you yeah. do you realize the import of what you've just said? Yeah. That the real that the true terrorist attack was Yeah, his thinking that his argued own, with reality. Yes, yes, I'm just I'm just trying to take that in because that's huge and you're trying to tell me that Within a session, you were able to help this person work through their thinking and their experience and come to that conclusion. Not only did he come to conclusion, but he had tears of love and gratitude for 9-11. You know, that's going to be a stretch for a lot of people to hear that, Steve. And and you know what? In a sense, why not? If we cannot give you the opportunity to stretch, you'll never know where yeah. your limits are or are not, right? Right. But that to me is profound, that in the midst of that kind of chaos and tragedy, to mm-hmm. be able to help a human being navigate through questioning their own perceptions and thinking and be able to 
find a way through is what I want to say, rather than being stuck in. Because isn't it that we get stuck with our traumas, what's happened to us, why it happened, who done it, you know, why did they do it? Why didn't this happen? Um, Why me? Okay. And it was funny earlier on when you were talking about, so can you be in your own business? And, you know, is it okay if um, somebody doesn't return my call? Well, Mm -hmm. immediately my mind went, oh, I have a pet peeve. I have one. Immediately, I, I wasn't trying to think of anything, but you know what just bugs me so much? And I know I'm walking into a trap. It's when people do not do what they said they were going to do. That is my biggest, like, I I have this belief that when you, Steve, say to me, Tarun, this is wonderful. This is great. Here's what I'm going to do. And, you know, I believe you because I haven't learned not to believe you. And that sets up an expectation that Steve said he's going to do this. And and when Steve doesn't follow through, when he doesn't reach out, doesn't call me in a day or two or three, doesn't deliver, doesn't follow through, um, it, it still gets to me. Because I have this huge expectation that, you know, people should do what they said they're going to do. Now, is that so unreasonable? You're trying to tell me I, I shouldn't have that? Or, or the, like... this is a beautiful thing with the work the work doesn't tell you what you should and shouldn't do oh okay it's it's really it's a process of inquiry where you go within and you access the guru within oh my oh my you're not you're not going to take me right okay sure continue you access the guru within and you discover what's true. See, so many of us get caught up on right and wrong. But it's not about right and wrong. And okay. all the great spiritual scriptures ever written have got one common message, and that is, the truth shall set you free. That's correct. I, I love that saying. Right? So we're yes. trying to get to what's true here. What's true is I should only return your call if and when I do. That's it. So if I can, when I I can go in and and be still and say, okay, well, Steve's not doing what he said he would do. Therefore, that's a fact. That's the truth. Right. So – Regardless of whether that is good or bad, right? I'm just trying to kind of make my way through this so I understand. Rather than getting into the morality of it, okay? Or uh, if I if I can at that point go, well, I guess Steve isn't going to do what he said he was going to do. And if I can remain neutral, is that a good word? And yeah. accept the fact of the fact. If I can except the fact that Steve is not doing what he said he would do. And I can stay neutral with that without judgment on you or me. Okay. Cause sometimes I'll say, why do I keep on even attracting people who don't do what they say they're going to do? So see, I turn the judgment on myself because there must be something wrong with me then after, a, you know, it gets boring turning the judgment on you. Right. Right. So, so after saying, well, <clears throat> you're the bad guy, then I'm the bad guy. And in either case, nobody wins. So what I'm hearing is that this loving what is, is acknowledging exactly what is playing out and accepting it does not mean you're condoning it or liking it. Is Would that be fair? Or are they yeah, but I think I think it's also <laughs> going beyond that and to really to love it because it's okay. your teacher. As long as you've still got a charge around it, you know that you've got some work to do. When you when you do the work on another person or a situation, 
what you'll discover is that all of your problems are coming from you because it's your thoughts that are telling you who he or she should be. You're the one that's given meaning to their behavior, for example. Okay. If they don't return my call, then that means we fill in the blank or they don't care about me. I'm not important. That's right. You see? Yeah. And so then we go to war, try to defend that story. So if you see them flawed in any way, shape or form, you can be sure that you've found a place where you're arguing with reality. Bottom line. Bottom line. But when you can love reality, when you can love what is, no matter what what is is, when you can do that, you've got peace. So you've taken this to a whole other pinnacle because it's one thing to say, well, accepting something is not having to necessarily condone or like it. Um, but what you're saying is, can I take you to the place of loving its its reality, loving... It's a little tricky, Steve, you know, just tr- okay. kind of... Try and imagine this one. This is what I like to call going to the movies exercise. Okay. Right. We get to go to the movies. Yes. Right. So... <laughs> Can you imagine standing up in the middle of a movie theater screaming at the screen, arguing with what's happening on the screen? Um, be a little crazy. Right. <laughs> so you, you end up fighting with a movie that doesn't even exist, except okay. in your story about it, you see? And okay. so you end up giving your, giving your power away because you're making the movie real. Well, that's the same for life. You, Walt Disney said we think in pictures. See, so we're constantly creating this movie of our life of other people how they should and shouldn't be. You know, if you love me, you'll do this. Uh, my my teenager should keep the room tidy. You know, people oh, should yes. return my calls. Uh, yes, they shouldn't talk on their cell phone. My my father should quit smoking. My mother should take better care of herself. All these stories that cause our suffering. And we've never stopped to investigate them to see if they're true. And when we do, we investigate the story and it lets go of us. Now, the other thing is we haven't seen the benefits. We've been running a lopsided perception that it's only a drawback. You see? But every event's got a benefit and a drawback. I'll share another story with you. Okay. I remember yes. years ago working with a client in the Caribbean. And the week he had been staying at the Caribbean it had been torrential rain for five days solid. Wow. And he came, in for, he came in for a session with me. And he was your typical type A personality, flaming redhead investment banker from New York City. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, you had your hands full, I'm sure. And I said to him, How's it going? And he said, do you really want to know? And I said, yeah. He says, I'm pissed off. I said, why? And he said, look. And he points out to the door he just entered. And the terrain, as I say, was coming down in buckets. And uh, I said, what seems to be the problem? (laughs) And he said, look, the (laughs) terrain. And I said, what about it? He said, it's not supposed to rain when I go on holiday. Oh, really? He actually said that? He actually said that. And I said, "Hmm, I never got that memo. (laughs) And I said, let me ask you something. Is it true? And he said, yes. I said, what's the reality? He said, it's raining. And it has been for five days. I said, okay. Now, what's the benefit? I said, there's no bloody benefit, right? And I said, every event's got an equal benefit and drawback. What's the benefit to you that it's been raining? None. I said, okay, yeah. given, your, given your mind-body type, it was typical pitta in Ayurveda, 
okay. fire and water, right? I says, given your mind body type, when you go on vacation, first thing you do is you probably grab a book, grab a deck chair, either by the pool or on the beach, and you lay in the sun, reading your book, and you fry your skin in the oh sun. Oh my gosh. For, first day. And they said to me, Have you been talking to my wife? <laughs> you said, nailed no. it. <laughs> I said, No, that's what pitas typically do. Okay. I said, But all that time you're laying on the deck chair reading your book, what's your wife doing? She said, She's lying reading her book. I said, Exactly. And what are you doing together? Nothing. Nothing. She's in her story, you're in the story of your book. I said, no, why did you come on holiday? He said, to spend time together. He said, I've been running a candle at both ends. I said, okay, let me ask you something. What's the benefit to you that it's been torrential rain for the last five days? And he got this cheesy grin from one ear to the other. <laughs> and he said, well, you know, I've had more action in the last five days than I've had in the last five months. <laughs> wow. Steve. You did so, turn it around. So yes. <laughs> in that moment, when he realized that there was a benefit and a drawback and they were equal, he'd love and gratitude for what is. Because what is is always complete, whole, and perfect. That's a fantastic, that's a really fantastic yeah. story and a true story. True story, right. yeah. That yeah. all this time he was disturbed, his mind was perturbed, and he was unhappy about not being able to have his way on his vacation with the way he he's paid when for he this and, yeah. and why wasn't it being served up and yet he in that in that whole noise um uh, he wasn't able to acknowledge the, the huge benefit yeah yeah wow that is and, and that's that's what yes. we do all the time when we look at reality and we think it should be different than what it is you know, or we think this is where I am, but that's where I should be. And we miss the gift of the precious present, this present moment. We're not able to really experience the the gift in that situation. Because our mind is anywhere but here trying to yeah. fix or foresee or or lament, right? Where yeah. wherever those energies are. Uh, we cheat ourselves out of the gift of the moment. And, you know, as we say in in energy terms, <clears throat> it's the only place that exists that's real, yeah. is the now. Um, that's right. Nothing else really exists yeah. in a way that we can palpably uh, partake in. Mm-hmm. And um, the sooner we recognize that, the more fulfilled we can become. Yeah. Right, and so we'll be speaking about that in one of our episodes here. But um, so let me think about this. So would it be fair to say that then I'm in learning to love what is? The key, of course, is acceptance, uh, mm-hmm. and the practice of acceptance right? Like any other practice, it's a muscle, I think, that we need to exercise and build. Yeah. Can start um, in a in small steps, perhaps. But I find that, I don't know, uh, my mind is just so fast and so busy in minding other people's business and judging and, and <laughs> right? Like, and, and, and all trying to get away from something that I've judged or, or think I have to outrun. Right, and try to kind of be in charge of my own safety or, or whatever monsters that I feel are hiding behind that 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 corner. Uh, that, in order to practice acceptance, um, I think what's key initially is to slow down, just literally, just pause that 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 wheel. And I think, in a sense, we've had that opportunity these last couple of years again, haven't we? Right, and that's why right. when you know when people are talking to me about you know the. The, the last couple of years and how they're, you know, stressed out about it. Or mm-hmm. Want to go back to the, the way things used to be and stuff. And mm. and I, I asked them, you know, what was the gift in this situation? You know, look at all the people who have uh, 
quit a job that they absolutely detested going to for 8, 10, 12 hours a day and have actually found a way to start their own home-based business, for example. Yes. Um, or they've actually started to build a relationship with their children you know, mm-hmm. that wasn't there before, you know. Um, and so, again, there's a gift in every event. And I think the secret is, you know, no matter what's going on, can you say, and I love it. Wow. And I you love know? it. You know, wow. it's pouring a rain and I love it. They mm-hmm. never return my call and I love it, you know. Or the waiter's not paying attention when I'm trying to get his attention so that I can order dessert and yes. I love it, you know, because you realize that there's a benefit and a drawback to everything. And so what's the benefit to you when the waiter doesn't notice you waving frantically to order that cheesecake? Mm-hmm. Or finally, maybe you get upset, you say, okay, I'm leaving, and you go, you go home, but you go home lighter because <laughs> you didn't have the cheesecake. Save so myself the extra, extra two miles of run the next day, right? And all the right. Uh, yeah. But again, it's that because we keep thinking that there's a lopsided perception, we run infatuation or we run resentment. We think there's more benefits if things would go our way and more drawbacks if they don't. And I invite people to flip that coin and, and ask themselves, what would be the benefit to me and to others if it doesn't go my way? And what's a drawback to me and others if it does? Wow. That is, um, that's some powerful questions there because you're now asking people to do what I often call a 180-degree awareness reframe. Because, of course, I'm I'm seeing you from here. What if I was to take a 180 and see you from the other side? What would be different? Uh, and an awareness reframe is so helpful because we get complacent in our thinking, in our stories. Um, we're just comfortable. Yeah. You know, and, and so... Even when it's uncomfortable, we're comfortable because it's what we know. So if I was to do an awareness reframe and then chunk chunk it down and, and start to investigate my thought, again, that you know people should do what they say. <laughs> okay, I'm going to learn to let that one go. But in slowing down, in becoming mindful and starting to observe, and choose to release the charge or the judgment around it so I can see it with clarity, what is, and and look within myself to see what need is not being met that I'm looking for to have met outside of me, okay? and and Or I think it can only be met outside of me, or I think it can only be met in the way that I have determined. See, I, 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 I shut myself down and off all the probably thousands if not millions of possibilities that that higher power the inner guru may have at its disposal because mm-hmm. i i see it my way right okay? and even in those very dire situations where everything appears to be lost or gone or tragic i think the practice of appreciative inquiry another way of saying is there anything i can appreciate here is there anything I can have gratitude for? Maybe just the fact that I'm alive and I can even have the question. Like many didn't get that op- option or opportunity. Okay? Mm-hmm. Even just something as fundamental as I am alive and I'm able to even have this experience, right? Um, and that, I mean, if I can look at how I can begin to give appreciation it's very interesting, by the way. I had read that it takes five five positive thoughts for 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 a positive energy to take hold in our mind, mm-hmm. as opposed to one negative thought. And yeah. it was described by some authors that the mind to a positive thought is like Teflon. Okay. <laughs> 
So in other words, yeah. I could say one, two, three, four wonderful things about you and to you, right? You know, Steve, and that good color and nice this and the way you do that. I mean, okay, aha, aha, right? But the one negative thought to a mind, a negative thought is like Velcro. Yeah, sticks. And so, yeah. so if I if I say four wonderful things, and then I happen to say, yeah, but you know what? You know that one thing, Steve, right? I, I think maybe you could have done blue and not yellow, right? Yeah. Guess where your mind, your energy, your attention is going to be the rest of the day. That's right. And that's why, you know, when you're giving uh, feedback, when you're doing, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> staff reviews, for example, they always tell yes. you, you know, you know, make sandwich. Sure you, <laughs> yeah, sandwich in the positive feedback and the, you know, the, the constructive uh, negative feedback, so to speak, you know. Um, but yeah, again, it's, but it's, you mentioned earlier on about releasing it. And I think that's still part of the, the issue where we're, we still think we need to let it go. Okay. And <laughs> what I've discovered through using the work is that it lets go of you. Uh, and you know the the great analogy that Katie writes in her book is about when you're walking through the desert and seeing a snake, and you jump back and your heart's pounding and the adrenaline is rushing and you're you're yeah. frozen on the spot, but you manage to take another look and you discover oh, it's a piece of rope. Sounds you like don't me. let go of the fear; <laughs> it lets go of you in the moment you realize what you thought happened never happened. Likewise, okay. in the moment you realize that people should not return your call, it drops. Oh, okay. So you don't let go of the anger. The anger lets go of you when you realize that they should not have returned my call. And then you also say to yourself, where do I break promises to myself? Okay. The next layer of yes, if this is right. happening in my life and it's making me angry and resentful and blaming, we'll pull out our, our mirror again right. and yeah. say, so what is my mirror showing me? Huh. And I may not get it right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it's been a lifelong pattern, it may need unlayering like, you know, an onion, yeah. right? And I'm sure there'll be tears along the way. Uh, however, I think that inquiry can lead to liberation. Yeah. Because you're right. I mean, when I allow something to make me disturb, to, 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 to create turbulence, to, to make me angry, um, I've given my power to, to something now um, outside of me and allowed it to upset my uh, equilibrium. Mm -hmm. However, it is my equilibrium. It's my thoughts. It's my energy. And that's one of the few things that if I so choose to, I can have some dominion over. So, so yeah. by having the awareness, and there we go again with the light of awareness, by having uh, the awareness that I'm a sovereign being and that regardless of what you choose to do or not to do, right, I have sovereignty over how I want to relate to that going Back to our topic on managing your energy, not your stress. Okay. Yeah. And so the power of acceptance is so huge that in that way, it's like making an agreement with yourself that once I've identified that I really don't like being angry or upset um, or resentful, because then that precipitates other behavior of which I'm not always proud. I, I can be reactive. I can be snippy. I can be condescending. Like all the things that come out of my energy field being out of whack. So <clears throat> to take the power back, I can make a pact or an agreement to mm -hmm. remain in awareness. And and. Practice acceptance. And once again, every time I have done that, by the way, it's been miraculous how quickly the energy moves, the upset dissipates, the, the tightening up 
you're right. It lets me go. It's almost like, it's not like I said, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to untighten, right? It's I make that shift and I go, okay, um, I accept. I accept that this is exactly where we're at. I would have hoped we were somewhere else. I would have liked something else. I would have loved somebody else. But here we are. It really, to me, is 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 what the the, the Buddhist um, um, tenet is of healthy detachment, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. Practicing healthy detachment, so that I'm not projecting my needs or my desires onto the world. I can have an asking. I can ask yes. for what I'd like to have. But the minute I start projecting, I I devalue my ability to receive with grace, with, with um, ease. And in the multitude of ways, the unlimited ways that the uh, my soul consciousness, my inner guru can deliver, I limit it and then I end up feeling limited. And so mm-hmm. really we become the masters of our own miseries. And I think part of that, you know, when we come from that place of asking is to always remember to be detached from the outcome. That is so difficult because obviously we're asking because we want it or we think it's good for us, right? So here's another layer. You're saying that ask, you know, ask and you shall receive, but in, in, in higher powers time and in a way that's most appropriate. So now we're looking at having trust and faith. Mm-hmm. Ask with trust, ask with faith. Oftentimes what I've done in my own practice now, Steve, is I, I amend my asking Right. I, I, when I do my prayers or whether it's for me or for you or someone else, um, I do a lot of prayers and, and blessing and, and, and healing, ask for healing for people. But I always amend it or attenuate it maybe with uh, what I'd like to see for them, which is healing, uh, but in a way that is the most appropriate for them. Because can I really know? Right. Can I really That's know it. that whether you live is is the healing versus whether you transition. Um, right. and, and should I be imposing my desire to make you live, right, the healing? So I always say is whatever is in the highest alignment with this soul's journey, okay? So I'm, I'm, I'm sending my support, I'm sending good energy, and I'm asking the energy to aggregate and, co- and come together to support you, maybe through a difficult time, but in a way that's best aligned for your well-being and highest good. Yeah, we can never know what's best for another human being. And that's a hard one to take because yeah. we Especially think we as a parent. Especially for parents, you know. Um, right. We can never right. know what's best for children. You know, we often right. think that we're, we're here to be their teacher and yet and I say so the the opposite. My, my daughter's been my greatest teacher in my whole life. There you go. Since she's been part of my life, yeah. And uh, and so we think we're here to teach them, but you know, they're here to teach us. So uh, there's 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 a humility here we're talking about, right? A, mm-hmm. a real humility that that can we be students? Can we learn from life and all the characters, all the individuals in it? Can we see them? as an opportunity for us to learn rather than us to be in charge. Yeah. And that's what, you know, we've, we've discussed this problem uh, before, you know, people trying to let go of the need to control the situation. There's the word. You know? Right. And when you, when you come from that place of, of acceptance, of loving what is, you relinquish that need to control. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna need a whole episode just on control and and power and force and and and, and the human condition because there's so many nuances and aspects to that 
desire and the need and um, uh, and how we mask behavior in so many ways, trying not to make it look like it's an outright control mm-hmm. game. It's it's an attempt to control. Even we may not our, ourselves realize it. It's the, it's that good. Yeah. So so I think there's a lot we can dissect a little bit into that piece. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, we're asking a lot of um, our friends today and in each other in basically asking them to look at their lives and make the decision to mind their own business, M-Y-O-B. Yeah. Right? And in making that, experience how it feels. What comes up? What comes up when I tell myself, Tarun, today you will mind your own business from sunrise to sunset, okay? Mm-hmm. It would be really interesting to do that little experiment where I go out for the day, you know, I wake up tomorrow and, and I've got the big letters on my mirror or my wall saying MYOB. And I keep that in front of me, maybe on my screen on the on the phone, right? Yeah. And And I'm consciously going to move through the day with that as my mantra and see how many times do I get pulled on the carpet? <laughs> right? Like, it, yeah. it, 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 may be a, it may be very sobering. Mm-hmm. If I was to look at every impulse, every thought, every decision, every input, every directive in my day, whether I've been able to move through a day uh, by being able to mind my own business. I think it would be a really cool challenge. We'll have to look at that. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll do an MYOB yeah. challenge. Maybe we'll pick a uh, maybe we'll pick a day a few months from now. And we'll, we'll call it uh, the MYOB day. I think it would be wonderful to to create a challenge like that, and then and then have our friends come back with their stories. We'll have to do a live and and a call in. Yeah, because I think yeah. that we're going to have a lot of good belly laughs on that that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we keep going back to the story again and again and again about other people, situations, life in general. And we keep doing our work. Uh, It's called the work for a reason, you know. We keep doing our work. Um, Here's the interesting thing. You know, we've all been taught, whether it's in the Eastern culture or in the Western culture, we've all been taught never to judge. And, okay. you know, that, that's yes. really, it's nonsense because, as they say, in the first four seconds we meet someone, we've judged at least 11 things about them. Wow. And so Fast. <laughs> fast, right. And so we have to come from that place of acceptance that that's who we are. We are judges. And I'm speaking to a former judge. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's right. Where, where's my gavel? I need to. I need to put you in your place. Let me just. Right. <laughs> here comes the judge. Yeah, that was right. quite an experience. Actually, becoming a judge, and I talk about it in the book. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but instead, you know, if we're going to judge someone, let's do it properly. You know, judge your neighbor. Write it down. Ask four questions. Turn it around. You know, and and. What you discover at the end of that process and is that everything that you had written down was nonsense. It was just a story that we were innocently believing. You know, I do a little exercise with my clients, you know, and, you know, if they've got a, a charge around, you know, say it's their mother or someone else, right? Just, for example, say it was a mother and I have them sit with their eyes closed, and I, I say to them, I want you to imagine sitting across from your mother with the story, she should quit smoking, for example. And how does okay. that make you feel? Does it make Reasonable. you feel comfort or discomfort? And most of the time they'll say discomfort. And then I have them sit there and say, keep your eyes closed, and I want you to see yourself sitting across from your mother 
unable to think she should quit smoking. Your mom's just sitting there smoking her cigarette. How does that make you feel? And they say, comfortable. And the only thing that Mm. changed how they were feeling was the story about mother. Mother was just sitting there having a cigarette. So when we finally get oh, to it's the a neutral fight, yes, and so we label it good or bad, right or wrong. But the reality is, okay. it is what it is. Now can we love it? And it takes practice. It really does. It would take and a lot have, of practice. And yeah, we have so many. Work. We have so many things every day you know um i remember one time in the supermarket with my wife and there was a lady behind me with three young kids and she had one in the, the stroller and and one of the kids was holding the stroller and kept banging the stroller wheels into my ankles <laughs> oh my gosh yes and it, yes. i mean it wasn't a, a gentle bang it was a real bang in the mother was busy looking at a National Geographic magazine or some National Enquirer or something like that at the cash right. checkout. And, and my wife turned to me and she said, you're doing the work right now, aren't you? And I said, yeah. So immediately I'm doing the work. This kid shouldn't be banging my ankles. Is that true? Yes. Can I absolutely know that without a doubt? No. How do I react when I believe he shouldn't be and he is upset? Yes. Who would I be without the thought? Peaceful. And then I turn it around and say, he should be banging my ankles. How do I know? Because he is. There you I go. look forward to wow. him banging my ankles because I can do my work on my story that still argues with reality. So no matter where we go, there's an opportunity to do inquiry all around us, all the time. You know, we're in the bank and we're thinking the teller shouldn't be talking so much because I've got my meter running and it's going to expire and I saw the parking warden along the block, right? And we're running all these stories. She shouldn't be talking. She should be dealing with this customer in front of me quicker, da-da-da-da-da. And we're going to all these stories about people, what they should and shouldn't be, stories that argue with reality. But when we finally get to love what is, we find that peace, that acceptance, that joy that's within us, you know? So it's a, an amazing tool for empowerment. Yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. And, and, and in terms of empowerment and solutions, when we do drop into those spaces, and it's not that, uh, it's not that we don't experience those spaces. Uh, we all have. And um, that energy um, of joy of bliss, of peace, of, of just being still or or being able to be present um, has its own language. It has its own charm. It has its own magnetism. And I find that in those times when I'm able to be in that place, it actually is very um, attractive. You know, it, it, it attracts flow. It attracts... Uh, people notice, they can feel it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I've seen people who I would consider have achieved levels of mastery. Um, you know, we we have a, a, a little company and we take people to India. My sister and I, we've done that for many years to show them our India. And um, we take a handful of people and off we go. And it's always interesting to observe my guess, when I take them up to Rishikesh, you know, where mm. the Ganges is and where the Beatles were and where Deepak Chopra's work was, and there's people from all over the world there. But Rishikesh is renowned for having over 100, 108 ashrams, temples. And it is not unusual to see people, um, yogis, monks, um, you know, aspirants all over the place. But somehow you can tell the ones that are really authentic, 
they all may wear the same garb. They all may have a certain look, right? But it's the energy. Yeah. It's the energy of, of, that, that you can't fake. And I always amazed that when I look, it's usually a very humble energy and it's a very present and a quiet energy, but it's not quiet in its presence. Does that make sense? Correct, and yeah. so you can you can say, hey, here is someone who has been doing the practice. Here is someone who has been committed to practicing healthy detachment, acceptance, um, so that in those in the process of doing those exercises, the love unfolds and emerges. It's it's hard to just out of thin air be more loving. I'm going to make myself more loving and more compassionate today, right? I'm going to I'm going to manufacture it, you know, somehow again, rather than saying, let me just start to show up and start making choices that will create an environment within which from which will emerge magically you know those qualities and you can look at those yeah. people's eyes and you can you can see it and you can feel it so the energy speaks for itself hmm. there's no convincing needed yeah. And that's what's so beautiful for someone who has practiced acceptance. It's not that they don't still have to deal with the challenges of life and living because we're still in the human consciousness. We still have to use the bridge to cross the river. It's, it's, it is what it is. However, you do it with grace. You do it with humility. And you do it with an openness to know that through this whole journey, you are being fully supported because your GPS is active and fully capable of carrying you what a concept mm. what a concept what a relief in a sense to know and you end up coming from that place of inner peace and that's what people pick up on when you're speaking about the energy yes it's almost it's an inner beauty you know with people right. who are resonating in that frequency when they walk into a room heads turn and people are they don't know what it is they're looking at, but they sense it, you know. And I'm not talking about physical beauty. It's the energy that's coming out. Um, and uh, when you see people who are truly masters of it, you know, you, you just want to spend time hanging in their energy. You know? That's right. I call, it, them. I call it basking in the radiance, right? Mm. It's, all, it's like this just a perfect amount of yeah. light and warmth and you just feel you feel safe you feel accepted you feel yeah. seen you feel heard just by being in that presence and in yeah. in india in rishikesh many of my <clears throat> guests have an amazing experience when we take them mm -hmm. to a few different places and let them just vibe into that vibe it's definitely right. there along with the other stuff too but that's yeah. why we're there to help you guide and steer you a little bit but people have the most amazing, profound experiences because they yeah. witness people who have committed their lives to living the light, being the light that they are. And they're, they're, they're committing to that process and that path. And, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, I once read um, one of uh, Kyle Cease's first book, I, ho I Hope I Screw This Up. And he speaks about the very same thing, but well, only uses a different language. He talks about, you know, we often say deep down inside, I know I shouldn't do that, or deep down inside, I know I should do that. And he said, what if deep down was a place that we could live all the time? So then there wouldn't have to be a, a, a regret because right. I was and skipping I the surface. What, yeah, that's yes. what you're referring to there with... Yes. With these people who have mastered that inner peace, they're, they're living in that place of deep down, everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be, complete, whole and perfect. And from that place, that's the lens that they're looking uh, at the world through. Uh, and so they don't tend to find fault with reality. They just say, thank you. Thank you. There's thank the word. You. There's the word. Yeah. I was, uh, it had come to my mind a couple of times earlier, and I wanted to say, Steve, it's really as simple as those two words that as I move forward today, can I just say thank you to whomever, whatever comes my way? Yeah. Wow. And how powerful is that? 
to quell yeah. that mind which wants to take sides and create sides and 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 and, and create um, drama and 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 create chaos and 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 yes, many feed off of that until it burns them out. Yeah. So there's a there's a manufactured high, or we could go into a natural high, which which happens when we anchor deep down, right? The deeper the roots, the taller the tree, right? Right. The yeah. higher it can go. And so I think our we have a place right there within us that is already custom made and welcoming. So it's again a decision, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on that note, I'd like to um, wrap up with the, one of my favorite little prayers that I think is known universally out of the uh, Christian Catholic tradition. And I think it really encapsulates the power of acceptance. Uh, so if someone is wondering, how can I begin? I want to invite them to begin with <clears throat> reciting the serenity prayer. And the serenity prayer reads, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So those four lines, to me, are absolutely gold. Yeah. So if that's the one thing that we can walk away with today and just have that prayer at hand. And some days I might have to recite it a couple of hundred times, and some days I might not. But knowing that I have that with me and that I default to it each time my mind wants to go into the song and dance and begin to argue with what is. Because whenever I argue with what is, I lose. And what do you say? Exactly. You get but pain, but, but only 100% of the time. That's right. I like it when you say it. Yeah. yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> right? So yeah. uh, on that note, I think um, this has been an interesting, thought-provoking uh, chat. Uh, it's um, <clears throat> There's a lot of uh, one-liners that I think um, could warrant a lot of exploration, right, mm-hmm. um, and and reflection, and I'm really hoping that um, down the road we can have some more fun looking into loving what is and and what does it really mean to practice acceptance and 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 again the empowerment and the solutions that I know will arise in our lives mm-hmm. when we begin to embrace loving what is. Yeah. It's uh, it's uh, the most powerful tool that I've found. Uh, and uh, not only has it helped me, but it's helped you know, thousands of people I've worked with uh, around the world. You know, I've worked in 11 countries now uh, in person, but also online. And uh, I've yet to hear a story that still exists after applying the four questions. Not one. That's and I've amazing. heard everything. I've heard everything. <laughs> Uh, wow. But not one story still exists after applying the four questions. So it can be literally that simple. That simple, yeah. You know, we keep thinking that it has to be difficult, but um, because I'm a musician, you know, I, I think of uh, blues or the Beatles music. Most of it is three chords. Three it's chords. simple. Big hit. You know, Right, and uh, we tend to think uh, we ha- we have to make things complicated, or life is complex. When reality, the only thing that's complex is the story that we're innocently believing in the moment. There you go. And I like the way you say innocently believing. So we have to be very mindful yes. that we don't go into beating ourselves up, blame, uh, yeah. blame, self blame. It 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 it's not going to deliver any results that are going to be in alignment with peace, joy, freedom. Let's just own it and move forward. That's it. So on that note, until we meet again, Om Shanti.
Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful as always. Bye for now. Bye for now. We trust you found practical value in this podcast and will enthusiastically share it with others in your circle. And if you are so moved, leave us a review or write a post on social tagging hashtag Chai Chat Podcast and we will show our appreciation. Promise. Tarun Puri and Steve Harvey welcome you to join us for a Chai Chat at all of our live events and more. Connect with us with your questions, topic suggestions, and reviews at info at chaichatpodcast.com.